The, uh, we, we've told you that the area over there has been closed. It's actually open now. So there's a TV there. Unfortunately, the audio is on, so you have to listen to this. But there's a little knob where you can turn it down, get a nice nap. The sofa's there. They're toys, but you have to let the kids have the toys first. And if you, uh, they get first dibs, first pick. And then if you're from afar, main reason I'm telling you, the, uh, there's restrooms over there across the bridge. Have you ever heard, as approaches go, a more obnoxious approach? Promise us beforehand that whatever we ask, you'll give it to us. Even gimme letters don't start like that. And uh, it just gets worse as you think they want to be ahead of everyone else. Once the 10 hear of this, the, other, the others of the 12, it goes over like, as they say, a porcupine in a balloon factory. Doesn't go over well. No humble petition, no dialogue, just give me this. No respect for the other and no respect for the others. As if the world is myself, oneself, and if we're happy, that's it, and that's all we're concerned about. How weird, how very weird, and yet sadly, in them, we can see aspects of time, at times, of, our, of ourselves. Christ is the word, the image of God, telling us what God is like. And he tells us how different, how different God is, how different his way is, how different Christ is, Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life, how we'll find life, what the truth of that is, and the way to get there. He tells us all those things, he tells us all those things at once. Because he points out what life is for. And rather than being for the self and getting more stuff in, it is for the other and helping others and service to others. I know you're not allowed to look around in church, but why don't we just break the rule for a minute just for the heck of it. It's a big, lively day. The, the, the breeze, you know, it's got you all rambunctious. And so we have the first Greek father there, Athanasius. But what are the other four? Let's pick out their names. What's the next one? Is the first of the four great fathers of the Western Church. So the next one is together, Ambrose. Together, Augustine. Together, Jerome. Together, Gregory the Great. Gregory the Great is the last of the four Western, the last of the fathers of the church in the West, considered often the greatest of the popes. And what was his motto? What was his motto? That he was servus servorum dei. For anyone from New Haven, I'll translate, the servant of the servants of God. The servant of the servants of God, servus servorum dei. That's what he thought of himself as. Now, if you don't know much about life, if you're an adolescent or pre-adolescent, you may think that that must be horrible because it's no fun, but that is the golden road to friendship, it's the golden road to meeting people, and it's the golden road to having a life, and it's the golden road to finding out what one's life is for. What are the two great dates in your life? The first is the date you were born. What's the second? The day you found out what you were here for. That makes all the difference. Many people have lived their lives without that, wonder why they didn't have a life, because they fought against it all the time. They were working at the wrong answer, they were walking in the wrong direction, they were forgetting about life itself when we had been given because God so loved the world, 
him who is the way, the truth, and the life. And here in Mark 10 today, reminds us that he has come not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And therefore, having the best seats in the house is not the goal of the Christian life. It's not even the, the goal of the human life. It is inhumane to be unconcerned about everyone else. Different times one searches for examples of how this thing can be so backwards and yet so accepted. One of the great examples to my mind recently, and I was talking, there was a student in the third pew this morning at the 7.30 who was an undergrad here, and he, uh, he's now at Duke doing an MD, PhD, and I asked him afterwards if I was on target or off or whatever. But the example that came to mind, which he then told me much more about, added more examples and cases, is the fact that, uh, that insulin prices have gone off the charts. According to him, in the last 10 years, they've gone up eightfold. There haven't been eight different rises, but they've gone up eightfold, so 800%. Now, people are dependent on living for insulin. Banting and Best discovered it, or came up with it in, 18, in 1922. And when they sold the patent, they sold it for $1. So a public, historic, clear to the most doltish of us that it's for everybody and it's almost free. You got to make it, that takes some work, but there it is. Admittedly, there's different ways of making it, but nothing justifies it going up eightfold in a decade. Articles have been written about this in newspapers, in medical journals, New England Journal of Medicine, doctors talk about it and so on. At the pavement, right there, he, born in Harvard College, now at Duke, was telling me how people have to ration insulin because they don't have enough money for it, so they arrive in coma and he deals with a couple of them every week. He deals with them a couple of them every week. And so the heads of these three drug companies who have raised the prices with no obvious correlation with any work. Remember, most of the research that's done, uh, obviously there is the preparation of the particular thing they sell and the mob bio of it, but the background theoretical mob biology is done by NIH, at NIH, and then NIH funds labs, all kinds of research labs at Harvard Medical School, at Harvard College, at MIT, at Yale, at Princeton, at Penn, at uh, Duke, at Chapel Hill, Stanford, Caltech, and they're all paid for by the taxpayer, as I understand the matter. Please correct me if I'm wrong, as I asked him. They're paid for by the taxpayer. They're not paid for by those drug companies, the basic research, and some of the further things along the way. They'll say, oh, we need, the drug prices are far higher in this country because of research. It's for advertising. You can't hear the news because it's all that and at night. And so there are legitimate profits for drug companies to have. My advisor when I was at Princeton was uh, advised the drug companies, the heads of drug companies would come by and uh, uh, all that stuff makes sense. People deserve a decent profit. People deserve a decent prof, uh, 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 salary. And for risk, they should be able to take that. But utter profiteering that the mob, the members of the mob would say, oh, Father, we would never do anything like that. We would never charge money like that. It's just unconscionable. And my point would be, there's a lack of solidarity in looking out for the poor people with needing insulin, which is tens of millions of people in the country, where's the solidarity shoulder to shoulder with them? It used to be that a cardinal point, the nuns taught us year in, year out, was the common good. 
They were busy with their class. They had to make, make these things done for the syllabus. But an ambulance, a fire truck went by and everything stopped. And you said a Hail Mary for the poor person whose house was burning down for the safety of the people in the ambulance, for the safety of the people, the, the police and fire rushing past red lights. Because you were concerned about the other. And also because we know our, uh, our lives are wrapped in everyone else's. And if we're not looking out for their lives, we, we don't have a life because we've missed the very purpose. We've missed the very purpose of our own. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life. And he sets us straight. And at times we really need to be set straight. In Congress, you've seen these things repeatedly on television where someone in Congress is shouting at them, almost shouting at them, how do you sleep at night? And that's sort of the question. But then in democracy, the question comes back, how can this go on without general protest in any number of things? I'm not sure how you feel this. It's not my field, you might say. But that matter of concern for others and solidarity is our Lord's field. And he teaches us as Christians of this, so it'd be our field too. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please consider supporting us by visiting stpaulparish.org. That's stpaulparish.org. God bless and see you next time.